0: So, you know, I've, I've kind of had my times of reading through the Bible and all of that between going to a Christian school, being a pastor's kid. But I think whether you have studied the Bible or not, I'm pretty sure that you've heard Philippians 4.13, which says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength." And here's the thing, friends. I think this verse at times is used very similarly to, you know, what we think of as a positivity prescription or something of that nature. And I think sometimes it just is used to just say, all right, I just need to keep face and keep going and keep doing. But this is this is a truth that I'm coming to understand is just that, you know, yes, I can do all things through Christ. That is 100% true. But that does not mean that I have to do all the things for everyone, every moment of every day. So I have the Queen of No with me, (laughs) and we are going to talk about the power behind saying no. Hey, friends, I'm Cassie, and I'm a married Spoonie who lives the chronic illness life. Here each week, I'll challenge you to live intentionally and authentically, where every spoon you use has a purpose and every step you take matters. Welcome to Chronically Cultivating. So if you don't know who the Queen of No is, I'm referring to my mom, Deb. Hello. We really want to talk about the power of no, and this was something that I really adopted in the best way possible, I think, but... As we were talking earlier, that was modeled for me very well
1: <laughs> <laughs> as a kid. Yeah, we were talking about this podcast, and I said, "You realize the amount of directions we can go with this, which we say with all our topics, but the yeah. no one was pretty funny because mm-hmm. somehow in the household, um, I emerged as the no parent, and Dad was the yes parent. Um, in a lot of ways, still the same. Right? Uh, when your kids are little, it's." No, you can't try to sled down that hill or whatever, that dangerous place. No, no, you can't without the right things to protect you or whatever Mm -hmm. it was. So obviously the common sense stuff. But we had a lot of funny stories offline about examples of no, of when I've said no. And it has become almost a reflex action in some ways where I say, no, you're not. And the youngest now just turned 17, and he's just very funny anyway, like just the way I think the mother-son banter maybe that we have. Yeah. Um, so he's going to say, Mom, I'm going to go, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. So in my mind, instantly I'm like, there's no way he's getting those three things done. It's just he won't be able to achieve that or whatever. Not being negative, it's just it's physically impossible. And I'll go, no, you're not. And immediately he knows you're probably, no, I'm not. Okay. So, and I make him think for himself and rethink whatever he was going to do. So it becomes very funny. Like, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm right. No, I'm not. Okay. So it has become a humorous thing in our family that I yes. say, no, you're not. But I always back up why. Yeah. It's not just a random, no, you're not because I'm just on a power trip and.
0: Yeah. It was never something like to clarify this for people listening. This wasn't like, <laughs> cause I don't want it to come across that way that, you know, like oh, we didn't have fun or we couldn't, like it was right. nothing like that. We were given so many and still are given so many opportunities to just be ourselves and grow as your kids. But I think, you know, it was one of those things where uh, I can like think about, you know, there are times that I would want to go do something or especially like since I've become kind of ill and I'll just be like, oh yeah, I'm going to do all those things. And it's the same thing. You'll look at me and you're going to go, no, you're not. And I'm just kind of like, yes, I am. And you're like, (laughs) no, you're not. And then, like, I think it through typically, and I'm like – Okay
1: or actually Can't I don't do think I all. even have to say no because you're an adult and married, but I think sometimes you're trying to think out loud with me that's that's yeah, that's more what I and mean. I almost wait for it like uh, she's gonna figure it out for herself or maybe maybe she can do all that and that's awesome. like yeah, but, but usually I'm right on that just in that it's about having boundaries and about um, knowing when to say no so that you can say yes and that's really where we're going with this whole podcast today. With a little bit of humor along the way, as always.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of funny because, you know, that whole no, you're not. I find myself not just being a no girl in a lot of ways, but there are so many things with my body where, you know, something's flaring up or something, and I'll just be like, "Not, we're not doing this today. We're not doing this today. And Jared actually talks about it all the time because he'll ask me what's going on, and I'll tell him, and then I'll be like, yeah, but I'm not doing that today. And he's just like, okay, because that's going to change it. But sure, sure, we're not doing that today. And it's, you know, but I think that's come out of also how comically our family jokes about no and just those sort of things. So that's really interesting. But, you know, I think as Christians, we want to please God and we want to please people while honoring God. And I think what can happen at times is that we just feel like we have to do everything. And then it's, you know, we're hearing from people, oh, well, God doesn't give you more than you can handle or all these other things. And quite frankly, I don't believe that's true. It's I believe, not the Bible. Yeah. And I believe the reason God doesn't give us all we can handle is because then we wouldn't need him. If we could handle all of it, we wouldn't need his help. But we do, which means we need to rely on his strength to get us through the day and to do all the things that he has planned for us. So, you know, I think that's where this whole thing has really stemmed from.
1: Yeah, so this is, I I think I say this in every one of our podcasts, this is just a topical (laughs) conversation. We're not going to get in deep, but we hope that by the end of this conversation it's given you some insights. It gave us insights just even prepping for this. We Uh literally took notes for our own good, uh, moving forward our own goals. And uh, we will always share some practical tips, kind of summarize, and we've got some good points. So let's dig into it.
0: Yeah. So one of the things that I really wanted to look into was why are we so afraid of saying no? Because... I don't want to say short, but it it can come across very short when you're just like, no, to everything. But at the same point, there are also so many times that we feel pressured to say yes. So, like, why are we so afraid of saying no? And when we were breaking this down, we realized it really was in two parts. And it was between what society tells us and what we're telling ourselves. Mm -hmm. When I think about society, you know, there's this cultural... I don't even know exactly what word I want to use. Um but it's kind of projected to this generation that you have to do it all and if you do it all that you will be fulfilled and you will feel purposeful and your life will be perfect if you make sure that you're on top of every part of your life every moment of every day mm.
1: If you want to talk more about that? Because I want to get into the part of, you know, when we can kind of say no to things and not be so caught up in society that it Mm -hmm. opens us up actually to a lot of yeses. Uh, I was thinking about, as we were talking, you know, you go through different seasons in your life. If anybody who's listening is a parent, you go through different seasons with the ages of your kids or things with what, you know, your friends and family need, what your career is. Um, If you're somebody who's single, you still go through different seasons and different challenges with illness, of course. There's all Mm -hmm. different seasons where things are worse and better or maintaining. But I think about there was a time when my husband was newer into ministry, and what I've been very fortunate about is any place that we have been part of, I have been treated very well and not expected to be, like, another staff member. Some pastors' wives
0: are the first ladies of the church. Yeah, and... We'll which is call something me that you always... joke about, but that's why I think of it, because you're always like, no, that's not a, like, no. no,
1: no. And I am in that I totally respect and honor my husband. Yes, I'm so of thrilled course. to, you know, I honor that position in that way. But I'm a very casual, behind-the-scenes person. So I've been very fortunate that I could pretty much, if it's something that I felt I wanted to be involved in, called to be it could-be, but really, everybody's really Clear, that I became very clear like I needed to manage my household well mm-hmm. so that my husband could do what he needs to do and I lean on him as I would any wife and husband relationship but I need to help be supportive of that so everything else can come along well and but I did learn the hard way by not saying no to some things and what we were talking about is just because you're good at something just because you enjoy something just because you feel like oh I could help others with that or wouldn't that be so wonderful to be part of that and you get some joy and friendships out of that did God tell me to do that? Maybe, maybe not. And I learned some hard lessons that way where I was getting overextended, uh, trying to make sure that I was doing the right thing by you kids, trying to, I, I didn't want to go into an activity or an event with the attitude of, oh, I can't wait for this to be over. And if we find ourselves regularly doing that, that's an important thing to be like, uh, maybe it's time to start saying No. So I kind of had a hard lesson in that just because I love doing planning events and it was a way to include you kids because maybe Mm -hmm. it was a fall festival and your kids were all excited about it or something around a holiday or something around seasons. It was a great way to involve you, your friends. It was good outreach, the church, whatever. Or maybe it wasn't even anything to do with the church. Maybe it was something to do with your schools and your Mm -hmm. PTO or whatever. But you can get very overextended that way. And there's always an event. There's always a season. There's always a Mm -hmm. holiday. And it was getting exhausting and I realized, what am I doing this all for? Like should I be doing this if I'm completely stressed out or short tempered? Yep. That's why am I doing that? So there's a the power of no in saying, you know what? No, like I really can't help with that. And I do I do remember some drama with the PTO when I actually stepped out of a position. I had said I would do it if we changed the model instead of like maybe one person being treasurer, there's two people that co own the role. Mm-hmm. Um, we did that actually all along so that if somebody left, we still had another person in there. That was tough, but it was important to be able to say no. And I remember stepping out of one of those roles, giving them plenty of notice. It was more like, hey, just so you know, next year, I'm not going to be doing this. And it kind of showed me who I thought were friends were not because they were ticked off.
0: Yeah. And that's about like what society tells us is... People also, if they feel that you're supposed to be doing something, even if that's Mm -hmm. not what you're supposed to do, there was some drama there. I mean, as you said, you've been so fortunate, whereas, like, church-wise, you haven't had, like, your staff member kind of pressure. Right. But, yeah, it can come in any form. Like, society's pressures aren't just things that we read about in magazines or we see on tv it's it's real life experiences of people projecting how they think we should be spending our time
1: yeah and actually i'm thinking as we're talking you know some of the things that people expected of me were more like maybe a church member or somebody regularly attended whose kids were the same age as you kids or we have a lot of grandparents trying to raise kids for all different um dysfunctional reasons that have happened and Of course, we want to help and step up. And if their grandkids were in with you kids and I'm there anyway, then sure, I helped out. But I had to learn really early to say, like, no, I can't do that. And at the time, I was really suffering um, with the effects of chronic migraine where I could really get slammed and stuck on bed rest. And I had to really use my spoons. I didn't know Mm the spoon theory back then. But I had to be mindful of I can't do it all. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what happens, too, is sometimes... We're kind of calm in how we project. Like, I'm not a stress bag, so mm-hmm. to speak. Like, you might see me wound up sometimes, but it's pretty rare. Like, I'm pretty, yeah. pretty on level, I would say. Um, I think people think... That you're not stressed if you're not flipping out or venting inappropriately, Mm -hmm. and they think you should say yes to all these things, and they're kind of surprised when you're saying, you know what, no, I'm happy to help when there's an emergency, but I, you know, I've got to get my kids right to such and such activity, and so I can't be trying to take these kids. It it was very stressful. So again, saying no has a lot of power, but it's not easy to do because society has made it seem like I should be able to do all those things. But I'm sure there was also a piece
0: of you, too, because there are lies that not just society is that we tell ourselves, and we're we're our worst critics. Everyone is always their worst critic. You know, I think sometimes we fall into thinking, like, if someone doesn't guilt us into thinking this way, I think sometimes even on our own, we go, well, if I don't do X, Y, Z, what are they going to do without me? Right. Like, is this going to carry on? What if the whole world falls apart and all these other things? But, like nobody else has the chance to step up if you don't give the opportunity to and that doesn't mean you should leave every position and just drop everything that's not at all what this means but it's just you know really evaluate if you're thinking like what will they do without me well what can you do to potentially help guide somebody to take over that role or What can you do to step back and figure it out as you go or make the job less demanding? Whatever the case may be, because, you know, we all have potential, but we sometimes can't do anything if we don't know that we have it.
1: Yeah. And I think, too, sometimes you can be doing something really well. Um, You know, everybody, I I don't We always joke, like, I don't know who's listening to this podcast. (laughs) Um, But for the five of you who found it, and I'm just kidding, (laughs) um, you know, you think about what your life is like. And some people, I I would try to imagine, you know, some people are very debilitated, obviously, with a chronic illness and their whole job, like you said, is about taking care of your body. And you've referred to that a lot, like I need to take care of myself well, because that's what I'm called to do right now so that I can do some of these other things and be Great wife to Jared, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, sometimes there are some people that are listening that you have taken on some things, and especially with this online community, there's so many things we can do just from our phone mm-hmm. now, right from our home. But should we be doing all those things? And maybe someone else could do some of it. And it's it's a little hard. I'm in a situation where I've um, been fortunate to work mostly more recently in my career with women. It's just the way it's worked out as far as who my bosses are. And all of them excellent. But there's times when they've been a little unsure to delegate. Because it's scary to delegate something and then somebody may not do it well. And then that reflects very poorly on you and actually my husband just discussed this too in a sermon recently you don't want to micromanage but when you have delegated out and then someone like just doesn't do it they forget they they whatever then he gets criticism about something and he wants to support the person who he delegated he's not even going to mention that that person didn't actually get it done but now he's looking badly and it's unfortunate with some of the positions i've been in that i've been able to prove myself over time and say i can take on that project in here you know what how about we check in weekly about how I'm doing, or would you like me to CC you on these emails so you know? Because, But had they, sorry, had they not um, given me a chance, like the world wasn't going to stop if they couldn't show up for work. Like we are all replaceable. We all need some yeah. training and some education. And actually both of those bosses both had um, different times, serious things that pulled them out of work unexpectedly. And because they had been able to train me on certain things, I was able to step up and say, say see, the world didn't fall apart.
0: Yeah, and I think sometimes, so like I even think for myself, you know, like the topic of just needing help is kind of, I think, for anybody with a debilitating chronic illness is kind of a sore subject to talk about. But, you know, there were certain things. For instance, um, I can't wash my own hair. Like, I can't brush my hair. It's something I cannot do. Well, let me rephrase that. I can do it, but I will have a dislocated shoulder if mm-hmm. I do. So we we so, don't. Yeah, so we don't. You know, so when we, before we got married and all of that, either you or Katie mm-hmm. would wash my hair for me. Yeah. And I remember Katie one night being like, Oh, I don't know that Jared can take this on. Like, I don't know he's, that he's going to know how to wash my hair and he's going to take care of it or whatever. And I was like, because you guys would just do it the way that I would do it. And I was just like, well, my way is the best way. Mm-hmm. And he's got to do it exactly how I think. And, you know, that was a little bit prideful of me, to be honest, that thought process of no one can do this better than I can. You know, that's, that's really prideful. And you know what? It took some learning, but... I'll be real with you guys. Jared washes my hair way better than I ever did. That's and funny. he really does. Like we joke about it all the time, but he is so good about it.
1: And he doesn't mind. Yeah. And he doesn't it mind. doesn't phase him at all.
0: And had I, you know, like not in a sense, given him a chance and just, that could have been a really miserable learning process for us. And yes, we've, you know, had some bit of disagreement over how things should go, but now we've gotten used to it. It's part of our thing. And, So, I just even think of like that lie that I told myself as like, well, no one can do it the way that I can. So,
1: yeah, and I think that's not going to be good enough. Yeah, and even thinking about some of my bosses, I think they were a little bit afraid. Well, almost too. What if she did it better? Ooh, that's a good one, too. Because we all have insights, and I think it's a trust thing with both these bosses, obviously, different jobs, different times. I had to even check my own pride. Am I trying to do it better than them to show that I can't? No. You know, it, mm-hmm. I could have. It, it could have had a little bit of that. But I really was like, no, I want this to go well. And I have a couple of fresh ideas. And I want them to hear mm-hmm. me. And and they did, you know. And so, and then I was happy. I'm also happy in the power of no to give the project back next year. Because like mm-hmm. if something this once a year or something, hey, glad I could help. You're back. If you want some help with it next year, great. But if not, here here you go. go. (laughs) Almost like, well, that was a lot of work. I don't want that back.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, as we were talking about these different lies and the things that have come up, the one that we really talked about the most was just about the topic of margin. So we realized we had different, was similar, but different definitions Of of margin. And for me, margin is making space for things to go wrong, for things to go right, for unexpected, unplanned events, whatever the case may be, because it's, it's a buffer. It's almost like a safety net. But the thing is that when we intentionally create margin or find places for rest, you know, society and ourselves more than anybody else typically will tell us, oh, you're so lazy. Yeah. Like, why are you taking time to rest? You need to do everything. Like, come on, keep going. And that's so often because, you know, we tell ourselves, well, this person always has their house the cleanest and they can't, they do this and they do this and they do this and all these other things. And they're like, well, I've got to do all of that. Whereas margin is really important. And that's so sad that we've been brought up to feel that having margin and intentional rest means that we're lazy and that we're unproductive people
1: yeah and I think it's taken kind of a, a turn a little bit in that um for me mar- well margin we talked about how it's definitions were a little different my margin I think was similar as you said but I also thought more okay you want to get five things done you think they're going to take an hour each whatever mm-hmm. assume more assume something's yeah. going to take 2 hours. Assume even driving wise it says it's going to be 45 minutes or something. I'm going to give myself way longer cuz there could be an accident, there could be yeah. this. Or now I'm very relaxed getting to where I need to go or I had that little extra time. So for me that was more margin. I think I was more tangible about the calendar like mm-hmm you assume in your day this will take longer or even um they kind of joke about when you're working on a house project assume it's going to cost more and take longer yeah. i guess that will be margin too by mm-hmm. my world um which i didn't think of till now but so margin can be different things and people have different perspectives i feel like we do create some of our own stress we think yeah. that we're going to achieve way more than we are and we guilt ourselves and just you know there's, today i could have been like okay, Cassie, I only have X, Y, and Z amount of time that we're going to prep for the podcast, record the podcast. I want to help you do a couple things around here before I go. So I'm gone. I really didn't do that. I just kept mm-hmm. it really open because we also just want some mother-daughter time. Yeah. But it is, it's, it's consistent and like, oh, well, wait a second. I have these other three reminders that I set of phone calls that I need to make later. Where am I going to put that in? And there's times when I'm just yep. like, nope. You know, I'm I'm moving that task forward because unfortunately, this one task it's it's clearly not urgent because I've moved it forward for like three months now. <laughs> so you have to be careful how much you overcompensate. I joke that a lot of women say that they're recovering perfectionists. Yep. And I say, well, I must have overcompensated.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard you say that actually no. because no, because I talk about being a recovering perfectionist all the time. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, and you know, as we were talking about the importance of margin, we were trying to think of like, really, what are the important things? Because there are so many good things about creating margin and intentional rest. And when we're trying to do everything, you know, we come to find out that we can't do it all and do it well. And one of the things we can't do well when we're just constantly pushing ourselves to do everything, we don't get to live life in the moment. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really a stressful way of living. And that's what's also so great about margin is that it lowers our stress because we have time for unexpected changes. I think the biggest thing that I've learned from creating more margin and also accepting that margin is okay, is just that, you know, when I give that space over to the Lord. I'm able to l- make room in my heart to hear what God has to say to me and also to go where He's leading me. And if we're not checking in with Him daily, we're not going to know what He wants us to do. And He gives us enough time and all the resources we need to do exactly what he's planned for us to do. But the thing is that if we're not talking to him and we're not leaving room for him to tell us
1: where to go, we're not going to get to those things. And as we talked about with this first, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. That is how he strengthens us. How's he going to strengthen us if we're not checking in and we're not studying and we're not discerning? Well, what is your will? And we've talked about this, I believe, before that I'm always like want the road sign that says do this. Like I've told you and you're still not hearing me. But that's through a time of distraction that I'm not hearing him and not sure. But if if we're regularly checking in, you know, having the Holy Spirit within us and yep. if we're not regularly checking in on that, how are we going to know when it is a big thing? You know, yep. like should we be
0: saying no? Should I be saying yes? Yeah? And it actually like exactly what you're saying. And one of the things that I think of is in Psalms 31 verses 14 and 15, it says, but I am trusting you. O Lord saying you are my God. My future is in your hands. Rescue me from those who hunt me down relentlessly. And just that my future is in your hands. Well, If I'm constantly, like we've talked about it before, giving things to God and taking it back. I think we do that so often, not just with tangible things, but also with our schedules. Because how we live our lives and how we spend our time should be a reflection of Christ, but we can't be like someone that we don't talk to and we don't get to know. So, you know, if we really are going to leave our future in his hands, we need to make room to allow him to make the changes that we need to make to move into the place that he's called us to be. And I also think back to the episode where we talked about, you know, like you don't need a full schedule to live a full life. And if you want to hear more on that topic itself, I actually really break it down in episode three, but the thing that's so important is that margin encourages us to embrace the unexpected and embracing doesn't just mean that we're joyously excited about whatever unexpected because some unexpected things are good, but they're also more often than not unexpected things that are not good that did not go the way that we planned Mm -hmm. And by embracing it, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily joyful or that you're so glad that this happened, but it can just be, all right, this is where I'm at. So I just need to do what I've got to do. And stay on track and just give it over to God and say, all right, I'm going to do everything I can on this side and I'm going to leave it to him to do everything else that he needs to do.
1: Yeah, and I think you can daily be grieving something, the life you hoped you had, the person you miss, whatever it is. And I think all of us can tap into some area that we grieve, you know. And but you can still have that joy simultaneously. Joy and joy. Oh, okay. I know whose I am. I you know I in His plans. As much as this is a boatload of awful right now and pain, His plans are still better. Mm -hmm. And 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 there's times when I'll be you know you and I have talked very openly about some of your medical bills or different things, and I've been okay, Lord. Before I even open something, I give this to you because I know like I know it's gonna be okay. (laughs) It Mm -hmm. might not be okay now, but. Uh, It's going to be okay. There's a joke that, um, like a meme that I may have shared on this before, but I share it with my friends every now and then that are going through a hard time, and it says, this too shall pass. It may pass like a kidney stone, but this will pass. Because, again, humor is a gift that I think God gives us that we don't tap into enough either. So it's just we're going to struggle. We're going to persevere. We're going to seek the Lord. And not everything is going to be okay. But in the end, everything with a capital E is going to be okay. Yes.
0: And that's so encouraging to know that, like, ultimately in the end, everything is going to be okay. And it's going to all work out for good. But, you know, while we're stuck on this side of heaven, mm-hmm. we're not there yet, there are some different things that we can do to harness the power of no and really the power of margin. Because more often than not, a lot of our no's make room for the things that really matter that we're called to do. One of the things that I've definitely seen this through you guys in ministry and really in any place you go you know like one of the things to remember is that you don't always have to keep doing things just because you've always done them a certain way mm-hmm. and that was something you were really talking with me about because that's something that comes up a lot in different jobs and aspects of life is it's just well we've always done it this way and you're like well what if we do it this way instead and make it less stressful or make some changes or
1: should we be doing it
0: or should yeah yes yes yes
1: and sometimes we should. Like, we very much yeah. should. And it it's beyond us. And it's a big thing for the community or for the church where you're talking about ministry or in your job. Like, yeah. Like, you, you think you're discontinuing the ice cream trucks once a month? It, no. Like, they will be, you know, I don't know. The car could be on fire. I don't know if, if the ice, yeah. <laughs> you guys get rid of the ice cream trucks. You know, we were joking about ways that you can... You know, appreciate the employees, but can you do it in a you know a a different way? You know, Mm -hmm. and it was really funny. Someone was like, "Don't even think about touching the ice cream truck idea." I was like, "Okay, first of all, not a decision maker." (laughs) <laughs> don't worry about it but it ended up being really funny a really quick aside is we were talking about trying to do wellness walks and do different things that they had asked us for it wasn't like we just came up with these ideas people were talking about utilizing the nurses and so I just was joking I'm like well you know what needs to happen you need to park the ice cream truck at the end of the property so everybody doesn't realize they're getting a wellness walk to get to the truck and they're walking <laughs> back and then somebody embraced it who who was an employee who you think wouldn't have, you wouldn't have thought that joke was funny she thought it was hilarious and she's like no what we really need to do is have them Music playing, and like you know, when you were a kid and you ran after the ice cream truck, ah, I had the ice cream in and everybody just runs and chases. <laughs> yeah, that was the power of no. Like, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's not. Um, but anyway, looking at this, just because you always did something doesn't mean you always have to continue doing it. That could be even a family thing. Yeah, uh, when you're talking about attending things, and when you only have so many spoons, you only have so much energy. Do you need to always attend the annual family barbecue or whatever it is? Well, maybe yes. Maybe that would be very important if you Mm -hmm. miss that. But do you need to attend it in the same way you always had? Does this have to be an overnight thing? Can you just maybe go for a few hours that works within your health boundaries? So that's more what we're talking about, I think, with the power of no. And, you know, do you continue to do things just because it's always been that way? Most of the time, you do not always need to continue. What did God want you to do in that situation? We are going to get into a little bit more practical. We kind of just segued into that on our own. We tend to naturally do that. So we don't always have to keep doing um, what we've always been doing. However, you have to think about your spouse. You have to think about your loved ones. Who is this important to? Cassie and I joked about some things that she was like, years ago, not wanting to do maybe with Jared or whatever. He's got, you know, great friends and all that. It wasn't so much about the friends. It was maybe just more about the event and... You know, do you go? Well, sometimes you go because it's something you're supposed to want you to be there or your boyfriend or whatever. But other times, they're completely fine with you not going and they get Mm -hmm. to go. And that was a wonderful compromise and everybody wins. So that's a kind of a simple thing from a chronic illness standpoint. Um, I would also say... I'm going to skip a little out of order. Uh, I've talked about this before, and I think it's kind of my um, MO on a lot of things, is you should really do a gut check. If you have said yes to something and you're feeling uncomfortable about it, you need to kind of ask yourself, why do I feel this way? Is it just maybe my own anxiety around social situations or something, for instance, and there's some strategies you can use for that? Or is it really that you should have said no? You've overextended yourself. If you're in a stage in your life where you're trying to be there for a lot of family members, all kinds of sports are going on or all kinds of things, did you really need to say yes to everything? Maybe Mm -hmm. do a gut check. If you're feeling that discomfort, where is that coming from? And again, if you are a believer and you've been checking in, sometimes it's the Holy Spirit really being like, should you be doing that? And we're going to get into that more in our next podcast, a little more practicalities. But do a gut check of of why you're feeling uncomfortable either saying like you feel like you can't say no well, why? Um, I felt really uncomfortable when I used that example about um, picking up people's kids. I mean, it was giving me some real anxiety because I was like, I, I can't fully do this. And you know, and I can help out. And I was able to give a compromise. I can certainly help out. I can be your backup. I could even do it like once a week, but I cannot be doing this every day. Yeah. I can't be watching your kids after school, whatever. My gut check was, I knew that wasn't right for my family either. Mm-hmm. So um, I was glad that I stayed in tune with that. And as a peacemaker, um, it's easy to want to avoid conflict and yes. they didn't want conflict in it and they weren't like wowed and excited about it but they were completely respectful about it and they mm-hmm. figured it out sometimes you have to do that so that someone else can figure out what they need yeah. to do a uh, big thing we could spend a whole podcast on this but is ask yourself am i in a stage right now that i'm being very reactive all the time Meaning I'm reacting to that person's need. Again, we'll stay on the thing about the kids after school. I'm reacting because they need help and I want to do the right thing. Or am I being proactive in some of my decisions around yeses and nos? Um, are, we, are we looking ahead? If you're married or you're in a relationship with somebody, are we looking ahead? Um, we'll talk about this more. But if part of being proactive is being mindful. And have you just let your, a whole season of your life go by and you don't even know like how it's the fall? you know and you're like i'm just clueless i've been going and going and going i've got some friends i I treasure them but they are in that go 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 and i've one of them i just asked recently like why do you have to do all the things why don't you just maybe and i have enough of a relationship to say this why don't you maybe just really look like list out all the things that you think need to be done and i'm guaranteeing you that there's a bunch of stuff you can say no to yeah why why do we have to do everything I love gardening we've talked about that extensively mm-hmm. you're not going to see a single mom outside my house right now normally I would have all the fall stuff or whatever and I, I really looked at how I was intentional with how I gardened some things I did much less than I wanted to do but I did a lot of like oranges and purples and things that are popping right now in the yard mm-hmm. I don't need to be exhausted trying to get a bunch of mums planted so I'm just doing some simple little things um, that I'm putting in planters and there you go did I have to get all the things done no <laughs>
0: well and also too I think what so hard from a chronic illness standpoint is like you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but like, you know, my body is my job right now and Mm -hmm. we've really have come to understand that and, you know, I'm fortunate that I have family that really respects that. But ultimately there are days where I'm just reactive the whole day and I look at everything and I'm like what can I trim down and I'm like these are all the things that my body needs yeah there's nothing and there's nothing that I can say no to like I have to do joint corrections I have to do infusions I like all these different things it's not a well I'm just not in the mood today like that's not gonna fly so know that like as we talk about this we are very aware there are going to be times where we're stuck, it feels like, in a reactive
1: because. Right. And I would also say um, if there are care providers listening, whether you're um, taking care of somebody who's got a chronic illness, like it's your child, um, you're assisting with your spouse, your parent, whoever it is, you know, I really have a heart for you as well in that you know, I'm connected with different people who are in that situation and I am in an indirect way now myself Mm -hmm. and have been very immersed in it over the years. Um, you can be the one who feels like, oh my gosh, like I don't have time to take care of myself because I'm so worried about this other person or their needs are, um, just so extensive, like this is all great what you're saying about saying no, but I I have to take my child to the doctor. I have to make sure they're not going to be passing out. I have to make sure they've taken their medications. I have to make sure I'm the breadwinner of the family. I've got to go to work because my husband or wife can't or whatever. So just know that I really have a heart for that and and, and an understanding. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a time when I was working part-time so that I could be home with the family, but bringing in income as a nurse, you know, I could make a pretty good hourly wage. And I remember going to work and feeling kind of guilty and that, oh, you're home or dad's trying to juggle whatever. Um, But that was almost my rest going to work because mm-hmm. I was just dealing with what I was supposed to get done. Almost nothing that was going to phase me in the type of job I was at, That even though it was very fast paced. I was like, listen, my kid could have died. This could have happened. Like we've been through all mm-hmm. this stuff as a family. Like I am not getting caught up in your drama between you two co-workers that can't get along. Like you know, yeah. I am not going to be worn down by that. And let me help you two get along because we're all we've got. No one's coming as additional person to, to help fill in in our department. So let's work together. So I would just say, that I, again, you may I talk about being trying to be more proactive versus reactive. You may, may really be in a stage in your life that just maybe listening to a podcast in the car like this one is all you can do. That is the only proactive thing you've been able to do so you can at least fill yourself with some tools and just people who understand what you're going yeah. through. So just, just know that we have a heart for that.
0: Yeah and you know something too that um, you know, Jared and I when we were in premarital counseling, we actually talked a lot about just how we were gonna handle my illness. And you know, I just think as a quick tip, even though this isn't directly related to saying no, um, something that you guys did as my parents, I just thought was so incredible. When Jared had really made it clear to you guys like he wanted to be in this for the long haul, he was gonna stay and all of that, you guys slowly incorporated him into the medical world so it wasn't just like, We get married and boom, it's like all these things. You guys really taught him well and guided him to get to this place. You know, Jared and I have had conversations and one of the things we do is we always keep a hospital bag packed or just other things. And that's just a little bit less stress. And it's one less thing that Jared has to do. If I'm feeling better, I try to do whatever I can to help him out. So, you know, definitely as far as just caring for your spouse, like parents, because whatever it is, have a conversation with them and talk about maybe how overwhelmed you are. If you can't. I mean if if you're the parent you can't
1: necessarily always with your child to find someone you can talk to and Sometimes you just need somebody to vent. Um, someone said yep. to me recently, "I can't tell if this person just wants my help or just wants to vent." And I said, "Well, that sounds like that is how you're helping. Yep. Ask them before you start. Like, hey, I just want to ask you real quick. Do you do you just want a listening ear, or do you want me actually have some tips for you?" And almost all the time, we just want a listening ear yeah. because we, if we can pause, and we're going to talk about this in our future podcast. If we can just pause a little from the situation, which is really hard to do, and just think about what we need, we'll often come to the solution. Yeah, what we need is a cure for a lot of these diseases, or we need adequate treatments, or we need, how about some insurance reimbursement? That would be really Oh my gosh, yes. We could need that, but... Maybe we don't have that right now. So what What do we have? So um, anyway, so that's as much as we thought. We, we joked a lot behind the scenes prepping for yes, this. We, we actually did. got a lot more serious, I realized, when we got into the record button. But there was a lot of humor in the power of no. Like, it's just yes. funny. Like, we were talking about how you and your friend years ago were like, oh, when we graduate high school, we're going to New York City. And we're doing this. And I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah. But... That was funny and, you know, maybe they were, but I just kind of knew with the two of you that wasn't a good idea. Let's just rephrase that. Um, And,
0: you know, and I think the most important thing to think about, if you're going to take one thing away from all that we've talked about with just the power of no and all of those things is that by saying no to whatever case may be or however many things you set yourself up to um, be able to give your best yes. And you're able to, when you say yes, give all that you desire to give to this goal or family member or whatever it is because you're making that a priority.
1: Yeah. And it's not just about, oh, I, I have to do this. Like, you really don't want to have that drudgery. Yep. I told Cassie before we recorded that I felt like I had a, I guess it seemed like a split personality because I was such a no person at home. Not like, no, we're not going to have any fun. We had a really, you had a fun childhood. But I was more likely to be the one, the the guardian of, uh, yeah. of the guardian of no. Um, like discernment. Well, no, but explain to me what you mean. So that yeah. could be a yes. And as you get older, so you figure it out for yourself. But I was like, well, how am I such a yes person at work? And it's not that I say yes to everything, but I say yes to some pretty big things. Some of it is you need to do that. So you're showing your value and wow, she's really adaptable. But it's just very funny to me that I said, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no nope, on the phone with one of you. And then now I'm at work saying yes, yes, yes to a project. But it wasn't, yes, I'm going to say yes to everything and be overextended and stressed. Mm -hmm. It was because I had some healthy margin in my life. Yep. Yeah, I'm excited about saying yes to something and trying something new. I don't know if that makes sense, but...
0: Yeah, no, I think it's so important. And when you look at all the things you have to do, you know, make sure they matter to you. Because, you know, one of the things I think about when it comes to maintaining my body and not being my job... I mean, it's what what you were just saying about, like, just that, ugh, I hate this and whatnot. But it's something that I have to do. You know, as we talked about earlier, like, I work very hard to give my future to God. And if right now he's saying, this is what I'm giving you to do, then I'm going to do my best to, not that I always have the greatest attitude, for sure. (sighs) But I try to make sure that I'm giving him my best yes, And taking care of what he's given me, which right now is very specifically my body. And also my husband and loving my family well and supporting my siblings and just all of those things. So yes, saying no can be scary. And it can be frustrating. It can cause guilt and distraction at times. But I promise that when you focus on the things that you really have to do... And you worship God through them. They will be your best yes.
1: Right. And you'll have yeses that you never thought. Like I even, I'm talking about work. But like some of the opportunities that I've had recently, I never would have expected that I'd be doing some of these things. Or just even some of the great things that I've been able to do with my friends or whatever. Where I normally would have been, nope. I'm not going to be able to do that. I need to be, yep. and again, there are things I still say no to it. There's no way I'm traveling far or whatever and <laughs> leaving my kids or whatever, but like, that's okay. You know, if I'm not supposed to be blessed with travel, I'm okay with that because yeah. there's so many other things. I have all these little adventures mm-hmm. within just even our own home state, you know? Yep. So anyway, so we hope we've um, glimmered a little bit of wisdom from here. Just again, we always hope we're generating some questions for people to think about. I always love when people have those aha moments. Yep. You know, I realized when we talked, like I, it clicked about such and such. Oh, yay. Hey, thank you, Lord, that I could have been the vehicle for that.
0: Yeah. So friends, as we close, just remember that yes, you can do all things through Christ, but that does not mean
1: that you have to do all the things. Amen. Bounce forward with Comcast Business. Get a reliable internet and voice solution starting at 64.90 a month for 12 months for two years. Call or go online today. Restrictions apply. New customers only. 25 megabits per second service and one voice line. Early termination fee applies. Equipment installation, tax, and fees extra. And subject to change. Call for details.